What's up, people? Welcome to episode 20 of the By the Hood podcast slash webcast. I don't know how you're consuming this content. So however you are, I do want to say thank you. Um, we appreciate all the support. We have like close to 10,000 listens um, on all platforms within the last couple months, which is amazing. So this is growing. People are sharing it um, and continue to share this content because the idea behind the By the Hood podcast webcast is just to highlight people in our community, brothers and sisters who are doing amazing things, building amazing businesses, um, and they're doing real work in the community, tangible work. So, um, you know, with that being said, my brother Corey isn't here today. He's under the weather, but I'm going to hold it down nonetheless. And we have a very, very special guest, man. Um, this young brother is, 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 is a young brother, but he's in the Philadelphia area doing amazing things. Um, the founder of Boom Premier Real Estate. He's an agent. He's an investor. Um, now I see he's working as a trainer and a mentor to other people, which is important. Um, he has a business that he started with his mother, which I think is the dopest thing ever. And we're going to talk a little bit about all that. But without further ado, I want to introduce my brother, Derek Boone. What's going on, Boone? We're going to call you Boone from now on. I know it's the whole world called you. So, Boone, Boone, what's good, fan? What's going on, man? How you feeling? First um, thing, I appreciate you letting me, you know, come on here. You know, you somebody I've been, you know, watching. I think we met one time. I yeah, know. I came to one of your events because uh, uh, you guys had something at Temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know if you remember that. Man. I did, yeah, because listen, man, because I, I told Tom, I said, man, because Tom came to one of my events, and he told me he was having an event, and I came to the event, and I was just blown away because um, we can start right there because y'all some young brothers, man, like, and it was inspiring. Like, you dudes inspire me. Like, a lot of times, like, I've been in this game for a long time, but when I see, like, you know, guys like you and Tom, um, you know, Rosebud Investments, all the younger generation that we have here in Philadelphia, man, you people are inspiring because you guys are putting in the work. So, um, you know, first and foremost, man, I just want to say thank you because I see the work that you guys are doing and you don't even recognize how many people's lives you're changing. But I've met people that have mentioned you that, you know, what I'm saying where it, it you know, just in like I, I went to his wholesaling class and now I'm doing a deal like so I, I see you guys are putting in work. As, uh, as, uh, I didn't even realize that because, you know, I'm more the guy keep my head down, just grind just do what I got to do. And then. Some people was calling me, it was like, yo, you know, such and such is left here and said your name. I'm like, who is that? And they like, yo, they was talking like they knew you knew you. Yeah. And I, I've been getting that a lot lately. And this is like a blessing. I didn't realize how many people, you know, cared. And uh, um, my wife, she was saying, dang, on your birthday, like a lot of people were saying happy birthday. Like, like they not just like happy birthday, like happy, like, yo, I appreciate you. Yeah. I didn't realize that many people actually just. Can't. Man, that, that's what it's about, man. I actually was in the settlement two days ago, right? So I walked in the settlement and, and um, the brother buying a house, right? So he's like, yo, you came and spoke at my school last year. And the funny thing is, I didn't even remember him, but he was buying a property that was rehabbed or whatever. But I thought that was dope too, because when you're out there doing the work, a lot of times you don't recognize, but that's the thing. When you put your head down and do the work, people will recognize it, man. And you guys are doing amazing work. But let, let's back up a little bit, though. How did you actually get into the real estate game? So are you from Philadelphia? What section of the city are you from? And what was your journey like? So I'm from Philly. Um, so I'm kind of like on a couple of different angles. So um, I'm from like uptown area of Philly. So my, my parents split when I was young, young. So my uh, my dad lived in Mount Airy. Mm -hmm. um, he got a, got a crazy deal. He bought this house on like a foreclosure in Mount Airy for like dirt cheap, but a nice house. Um, and then just took his time over the years fixing it up. And then my mom, she lived in West Oak Lane, like uh, uh, the beginning part of West Oak Lane, as you want some of it, whatever you want to call it. But um, you know what Emotep is? Absolutely. A block off from Emotep. Like, okay. Eat it from where my mom's house was. And then all my family lived in Strawberry Mansion. So I'm, so I was going from week to week from Mount Near to West Oak Lane, and then 
the weekends and a whole summer, like in Strawberry Mansion. So I'm kind of like all over. For yeah, got you, got you. So what high school did you go to in the city? I went to uh, MCS, Math, Civics, and Science at Okay. Garden. Um, okay. Present my my one my dad's uncle, my dad's brother's uh, daughter. She went there, and then I went there. It's from first to twelfth, so I went there like fifth grade, and then I stayed there. Got you, got you. So so how did you end up? In the real estate game, what was it that got you into the real estate game? Was it something you always wanted to do, or like did you just bump you into it? No, it was something crazy. Um, uh, so two parts of real estate game, like I guess you want to say, like investing and and um, like the realtor side and the wholesale side. So the uh, the the realtor side, I went to a seminar. I went to this home buying seminar. I don't know if you know him, Anthony Lee. Okay. Yeah, I went to his home buying seminar. It was like strictly on buying multifamilies because I already had a house already. So I went to that. I said, I want to buy most. Like, that's the next level. That's just where my mind was. So I went to that. And then he was talking to me. We sat and had, like, a, a consultation the next, like, two days later. And he was just talking. He said, yo, you know a little bit. I was like, well, I read a lot of books. Like, that's, I just, you know, I'm interested in stuff. And then he said, no, like, you got the personality. This is you. Like, real estate is you. I said, look, man, just help me buy my duplex and, you know, get out of my face. <laughs> and then he was like, so he talked to me some more. I went and got pre-approved. Um, and it's crazy because the pre-approval thing didn't work how I wanted to work. So I, that, when that hit, I was just like, man, let me get this thing a shot. Um, so I gave it a shot and I went and took the class at Temple, two classes. You got to take two classes, like 300 each. And then that's when, um, the crazy part is it took me 10 times, 10 times to pass my test. I failed nine and then I passed on the 10th time. And then I was like, look, now I gotta, I gotta make this work. And then after the first deal, when I, I did, a, I was on the buyer side, the first deal. And then the, the face that the buyer had when she got her keys was like. It's like oh. a drug. Yeah. <laughs> like it had nothing to do with the money. Like the first check I got was like, cause it was, um, I had to split it with my team leader. So I, I got like 1800, like it was something under two grand, like 1500 or something. You know, they take their fees and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. Brokerage. So I was, um, and the crazy thing, I messed up on something, so I had to give up five hundred dollars. Um, it, it was crazy, but when I seen that, it was like it wasn't about the money anymore. It was like, dang, they really happy, like. And so then I just kept running it from there, and then that's when I kind of like fell in love with the agent side, just helping people. But you know what though, you said something that's that's really important, which is like you know, um, for lack of a better term, your stick to itiveness. You said you you took you ten times to pass that test, right? Yeah, man. You know how many people? You know how many people would have like stopped after you know, two, three, let alone like what was it like after the ninth time when you went back in for ten? Like that, that, that right there, like um, I was almost about that. Like it, it wasn't. It was so crazy because it was like um, man, it's you ever saw Best Man Holiday? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> During that movie, like she was uh, the wife was about to die like a couple times, but she kept surviving. So. It was like a roller coaster ride. So when it happened, you kind of was already through. So for me, I thought I was going to pass and it fell, pass and fell so many times. So when I actually passed, I was talking to my girl at the time. I said, yo, I just passed. She was like, yo, that's congrats. Congrats, you happy? I was like, no, nah, I'm trying to find a brokerage now. Like, I'm yeah, I already yeah. like so obsessed so many times that I didn't even feel it no more. I just trying to get busy. Um, so it felt good. And it's funny because I put that. I put that story up on the gram and then somebody that I actually, an agent that actually, I ended up did a couple deals with. I seen them. I helped them. They came to some of my classes. They told me that the reason I took my test the fourth time was because I saw you 
did that. They fell three times. They went back on the fourth time and passed. So, like, I didn't realize, like, I, like you said earlier, I didn't realize how many people got touched, you know, just through hearing what you, what you do. But, but that's, that's, that's the beautiful thing about, like, being transparent because you never know. There's always somebody else who's, doing, uh, who's going through something that can relate to that. Um, right. But I, I think that's, that's, that's right there is already inspiring just starting this episode because, like, you didn't give up. You kept going after it. No. Uh-uh. But, but let me ask you something. What were, what were you um, interested in before, before the whole real estate thing happened? Before you went to that seminar, what, what were your plans? Like, what, what did you think you wanted to do at that point? Um, so I, I put this on a gram earlier today because this is something I felt, but I nobody put the words in. So um, this guy's name is Meet Demetrius Walker. He, um, he do like new construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was speaking at this place I was at. And he said, he said, real estate is my love, is my heart, but business is my passion. So I always just wanted to, you know, have different businesses, do different things and, you know, own stuff and, you know, just never work a job, which I, I did work a job, but get out of that and just, you know, and, and make that run. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I said, I want to have businesses. I don't know what it was. And but what then, gave you that, what gave you that mindset as a young man to say, I want to be in business or own a business? Was it like something instilled to you from your parents or was it something you saw read? Like, what was it that made that, that, you know? My parents wasn't entrepreneurs. My dad, he worked at the post office. My mom, she was like, she was in social work. So she had different social work jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so neither one of them was in business. But I, from like, I was, when I was at like in Mount area around at my dad's house, I was cutting grass like eight. Cause they had like, you know, grass in the front. So I was cutting grass there. And then when I was at my mom's house in Wessel Glen, I was setting up candy stands in the corner. Um, when I was at school, I used to, um, <laughs> I remember my mom took me to Sam's Club. I bought all these tasty cakes. I was selling them for like a good part of the year at school. So you always been a hustler, basically. Yeah, I was always, you know, uh, anything, anything you could think of, I sold it. Anything. <laughs> um, so selling waters, candy, all, all types of stuff. So this was something I had, but I didn't realize that how good it was until like I turned 16 and I said, you know, everybody going to work after school. You know, I'm always, I already was doing my hustling thing. And I was like, I want a job. I want to see a paycheck. Cause I'm like, you know, getting 20, 40, 10, $20 here and there, you know, like little, little hustle stuff. And then I said, I want to get a job and see like a, a lump sum of one check. So I went and applied to McDonald's, got the job. And this one, it hit me. It was spring break. Cause I was always working, you know, at the school, I worked from four to 11, four to 12 every day after school. Um, and my mom said, you going to get tired of that. I'm telling you, I'm like, nah, 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 I'm going I'm to do it. spring break. I did like an eight to 12, eight to 11 every day that week. My check was at the two weeks was three fifty. I said, wait a minute. And she said, see, I told you. So I cut down them hours and then, you know, worked at another job. And then I got back into the, uh, you know, the entrepreneur stuff. Mm-hmm. So t- going to that seminar, like basically changed your life. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so two seminars. The first seminar I went to, um, this really changed my life. This is what got me back into the entrepreneur thing. I went to this thing. I don't know if you know his name, Nehemiah Davis. Mm-hmm. I went to um, this seminar he had called Boardroom Bosses. Literally, it was like 250. And you sit in this room, and then they just, like, what do you try to just pull it out of you? Like, what do you want? What do you? So I didn't went there with nothing. Like, I just like, I just, I just not want to be something. And then that that vibe just had me just when I got my LLC like two, three days later, and then it had me like turn it back on. The hustle I had when I was a kid, just turn it back on in, in a grown-up world. Um, and then that's when that kind of kicked the entrepreneur stuff going and got my mindset back. And then the the real estate seminar got me 
this is what I want to do. You know what I mean? That turned my switch on, but this turned my, like, my heart on, and I was like, all right, it's over after this. All right, so something else I want to follow up what you just said. You talked about, like, you know, your mental and how having your mind right. Yeah, so a lot of times people, like, and I was going to ask you that, how do you, like, where do you think that falls? Because a lot of times people just want to pick up and go, which, which is a good thing to me because yeah. taking action is important. But in terms of getting your mind right, so it is like a lot of times people don't focus on the mental because, you know, they want, they're so hungry, but they don't focus on the mental part of like having your mind right in terms of building a business. So how important was it for you? And what are some of the things? Is it books? Or what do you do to keep your mind focused? Mind, the mental is like, is, is more important than anything. Um, if, if it wasn't for me going to that, that mental seminar first, that, that real estate seminar wouldn't click how it was supposed to click. Um, so that's key. Um, I don't read a whole bunch of books. I, I tried, I'm trying, but I be out like a lot. So when I get home, it's like just sitting, I fall asleep. It's not that I don't, it's not that I don't like the books. It's just that by the time I get back in, I'm dozing off already. So, but the one book that, that helped with the mental shift along with that seminar was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That, that, I finished that whole thing and that really took a shift. And along with that book, it's another book called, um, oh man, what the heck is it called? Uh, I, oh man, it's going to get it. It's going to hit me right. Yeah, at yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just let me know if it comes across, but I, I just, I just find it interesting, the mental part of it. Um, so you were an agent and our, you already talked about how helping someone buy a house, how that changed you too, because you saw like the joy they got in buying a house. Mm-hmm. What made you make that shift from that part? to you know the investing side with the wholesaling and um you know those strategies you use now well how that switch happened so that switch happened from being in being in touch with a couple people i met in the real estate game so three people that i met in the real estate game that really turned that switch on um malik carter i don't know if you know him he was on here yeah yeah malik Malik was on here malik carter he because every time he was one of the first people i met um, in this whole real estate thing. And he used to tell me every time, you got a commission, you ain't buying nothing yet, you ain't buying nothing yet, you ain't buying nothing yet. <laughs> yeah, man, he on my nerves. He's like, you ain't buying nothing yet, you ain't buying nothing yet. So that's one of them. And then uh, um, Tyreek, his name, Rika State on Instagram. Mm-hmm. He, I'm, me and him, like, next to each other, you know, all the time, every day. So um, we bought something together. So me and him, he's always around. So he... You are you become the person you hang around the most. So Absolutely. at the, the wild, he got a lot of stuff. So you know that just you just it just naturally happens. And then uh, being around time, I met up with time, um, and I already knew about wholesaling, but he actually uh, like broke it down to me. You know, you just know about something. Yeah, like, yeah. Down to me, and that's how the wholesale thing worked out. And then we him we him linked up, and it's so crazy how it's like a yin and yang. So things that he's not good at, I'm good at, things I'm not good at, he's good at, not even just physical business stuff, but just, like, mindset. Him, like, he's, like, trying to, like, run off and, you know, get busy in something ASAP. I'm like, oh, wait, let's run the numbers first and then break it down and then let's jump. Or, and then sometimes something I need to be a little more faster on, and he's like, yo, speed it up. So we work. Like, and that, and that, but that, that's, that's, that's important to have. A couple of things there. Uh, first off, um, one of the things I admire about Malik, though, is because Malik's another person um, who shares his failures and not just his successes. Yeah. And I think that's dope, too. Um, but that whole partner thing is, is true. So I, well, my real estate portfolio, and, and I got a partner named Carrie. Um, and like when it comes to actual construction, I'm terrible at that. I could find deals. I could do the numbers. I know how to value properties. But when dealing with contractors, <laughs> you know, 
I'm not, but I have a partner that could do that piece. You know what I'm saying? Right. So finding a partner, a lot of times when you partner up with somebody that can take your business to another level. Um, so it's dope that you found people around you that inspire you, man. And, and yeah. it's also dope because all y'all young brothers, like I know everybody you're talking about and y'all all young brothers, y'all doing your thing. Um, and that's, that's good to see. So with your real estate business, what is the future? Like, what are you trying to do now? Is it more wholesaling, more buy and hold? What do you want to be your long-term game? Um, so my long, my long-term game and let's say like three different as, uh, three different, let's say four different aspects. So the one, I have a real estate team, like on the realtor side of things, I have a, mm-hmm. real team. I have a couple agents under me, um, um, boom, premier real estate team. We're under Keller Williams, but that's, that's our team. Yeah. Um, so my long-term, so you're, you're following the millionaire real estate agent playbook to the T, right? So yeah. like, yeah. when I tell you mentorship is a cheat code. Is a cheat code. So all I do is find the people that's really getting busy. Um, like like uh, the top one of the top agents like in the world's name is Mike McCann, the real and, estate man. Yeah, listen, I, me, and, me and him are tight. So oh, yeah, that's dope. Him, whatever he tell me, I'm on it. There's nothing yeah. to talk about. So you in the same you in the same office as Mike McCann, right? Yeah. yeah this so, was funny. Yeah. I had a I had a settlement at his office like last month. Or, well, I think it was last month. Well, y'all office because like, you're in the same office, right? Yeah. So it was funny. I'm sitting there. And I see like cameras coming around, and this ain't like you know people with cell phones. These are like like big cameras, like like a Hollywood set. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? They following him around. I was like, I don't know if he's shooting a TV show or this is his own personal commercial. But the boy literally had like Hollywood movie cameras following him around, like a, a random, a rare day, because that's not how it usually is. Yeah, I was like, yo, that's that's how he get busy. I do that to him all the time. He really don't really like it like that, but he's such a nice guy to where. Like, he had spoke at one of my seminars. I just asked him, he said, sure. So he's more so like, if I got some time on my schedule, you can have it. And I appreciate that. But, um, yeah, he 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 kind of inspired me um, to do stuff, like, with the team stuff. So that way we can grow. And I wanted to – and then um, another guy, his name Jeremy Bowers, he, he told me how he got a team that was doing, you know, X amount of dollars a year – but he doesn't touch any agreement of sales anymore. So a lot of people get to the point where they're an agent, then they start investing, and then they lead the agent stuff alone. See, the thing is, people are always going to be buying and selling houses. So for you to jump totally out of it, it's like, no, I don't do that. So I want to grow a team to where they're still flourishing without me, like like McCann team. Mm-hmm. Whether he gets in, goes in the office or not, that's still that team is still going. So yeah. that's one of my long-term goals and then have, like, somebody that really monitor that, like an operations manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the investment side, I just really want to get into, you know, bigger things, you know, still buy, you know, you know, smaller projects, but, you know, get into like, you know, bigger buildings, you know, hotels and, and more bigger real estate. My goal for um, next year, I was telling Tom this, the goal for next year is really to buy like one thing a month. Cause we get a lot of deals that come our way, but I was telling him, I said, you know, finishing out this year, finish stacking up the money. And then just one a month. So 12 properties, just one a month, one a month. It don't even got to be like expensive stuff. See some 20, 30, 40, like. Yeah, yeah. And then on the, um, and then on the wholesale thing, um, how we set that up is we got like a small team. We just kind of just putting this together. So we still working out the kinks. But I had like a small team on us where they handle that. And he kind of like is the direct head for that. And then he kind of, we talk and then he, but he talks to them. I still come in, you know, from mm-hmm. time to time, but that's how we work it. Cause trying to do four different things. My mind be going crazy. Yeah. So, 
he handles that more. So that's just having team. My long-term goal is just having teams in every aspect of business. That way things don't disappear, but they can grow without me. Yeah, but and, and that's the thing. That, that's, that's one of the keys because um, that's almost like uh, getting into that four-hour work week where you can just mm-hmm. – you know, oversee everything, um, and you ha- but you have to delegate. Exactly. In order to build anything at a certain level of scale, you have to, like, you know, um, trust others and allow them right. to do their thing. You know what I mean? Um, well, a couple things I want to ask you. Um, the first is about, like, you know, so you and Tom partnered up, um, and, but now I see you guys doing a lot of, like, mentorship yourself. You talked about mentorship being that, but now you're other people's mentor. How yeah. did you um, come up with the idea to start throwing events and to give, um, knowledge, give knowledge back? Um... Our, I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. I'm perfectly honest with you. Our first ever event, um, we had so many people asking us questions that we decided to throw an event and just to answer all people's questions. And on the same token, we were like, hey, we'll charge people, you know, 50 bucks to come and let's just save that money and buy a property. Let's buy a property together. Like that was the original, you know, goal. Like let's just save the money, help people and, you know, teach them stuff and then we can kind of like, you know, save it, help speed up the process of saving and buy a property. That was like the first, first thing. And then we took a, a hiatus, took a break off of that. And then that's when it just, as, as our following grew, more questions came. So mm-hmm. then that's when we, and then, but how people act, and I can't, and I can only complain myself because this is how I got started. I send a DM, hey, can I take you to lunch? So I, I, I said that a couple times, like, on Instagram. So people started hitting me with the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't, you can't yeah. talk with every single person. So No, you're right. That's when we started doing the, um, the group mentorship. And then we kind of, like, put people through, like, channels. So you start to see who's really serious. And then we can go ahead into, like, more of, like, a one-on-one thing with somebody. But it's more like a group, like a funnel. Like, hey, you make it through the group. You make it through the channels. And then now we have some people that's like direct one-on-one, like they have my personal phone number. They've been to my house, like more one-on-one, but of course, everybody, you start to see how people. Yeah, absolutely. By the time you get to step, step five, a hundred people turn into three. And it could be overwhelming too. Like, cause, cause even as like, um, with the buy the hood brand, as it grows, um, I get so many DMs now, like, and I apologize, people, I didn't get back to you yet if you're watching this, because um, I'm going, like, every day I'm going by, it's literally, I literally get, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, close to, like, 500 a day DMs. So I'm trying to go through them as fast as possible, but as it grows, it gets more and more. I'm sitting there, like, I don't, and the thing is, like, I think right now our followers are, like, 18, 19,000, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how do people who have a million followers, what do their DMs look like? It must be they crazy. They hire somebody, they hire somebody <laughs> to handle that. Like yeah. Gary V, he has somebody specifically just to reply to messages. Yeah, because I'm like, come on, man. Like, it's overwhelmed as I am. People that have a couple million, they got it, like, has to be filthy in their DM. But um, exactly. but I, I think that's dope that you guys are throwing the events. Um, Like I said, I, I, I met people that, you know, just didn't even know that I knew you were Tom and was like, yo, I learned this. And I was like, damn, you guys are really having an impact. So um, just want to, you know, tell you guys to keep that up. Um, the last thing I want to talk to you about before we get you out of here, something I saw that was really dope. So I saw that you had an opening for a business you started with your mom, mm-hmm. um, Washington Events. How did that come about? Um, what was the idea behind that? How did you get into the event space business? And um, was it like, how was it going into business with your mom? I thought that was dope. Uh, oh, man. So uh, it's something that my mom always wanted. She always she was talking about that stuff since I was a kid. She always said she wanted to open up a, a wedding hall, a venue hall. 
she that's something she always wanted to do, but she always was thinking, which is not wrong with that. She was thinking like extremely big. And she was thinking about like buying a church, buying it a warehouse. She was thinking like buying like some big stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not that it's impossible. But at that time, we just don't have that type of money, resources to do that. So it just never worked out. And then um, my uh, one of my mentors, Nehemiah, he actually has, you know, a couple of event spaces. And me and him are like, you know, left and right. So yeah. I was with him. And then, you know, at the wild things rub off on you. And then I'm just watching. I'm like, yo, this don't really seem that hard. And he really broke down the game to me. He's like, yo, it's not hard. You can get a space that can fit like 100 people or 60, 70 people and, you know, rent it out. And then when you rent it out, the rent may be X amount of dollars. You rent it out for this amount for, per four hours. And I'm like, oh, shoot. That's not so I went and brought it back to my mom. And I was telling her about it. I said, yo, you still think about the event space thing? She said, yeah, that's my passion. I said, I think I got a way. Like, we can build up to that <clears throat> 5,000 people thing, but this might be something we could start small. So she she was she liked it. And then I told her, um, this is exactly how I have. I said, look, I got the whole playbook. Just sit down. And I'm gonna call you when it's done. And that's that's literally how it happened. I went and found a place for her. Um, I found I found two places for her. Um, went and met, talked with the owner, talked with everybody, um, put the whole play together, signed the lease, um, went and rehabbed the whole thing, both sides, got it up and running, and gave her the keys. I said, look, all I need you to do is I'll bring them in, you sign, make them sign a contract, and you collect the <laughs> money, and then Hopefully you retire one day, and that's just basically how we did it. Oh, um, it, was, it was a little rough in the beginning with me and her personally because um, she's more she she she's a little more old school. So a lot of the visions that I had when rehab, because I was like, "Look, you stay home. I'm gonna call you when it's done." So all you guys just take the keys. I wanted to give her a full finished product. Yeah, still peeking in. Wait, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? <laughs> I don't think that's going to look right. No, take that off. Take that off the wall. This, I'm like, mom, just chill. It's going to work out. And then when it was a finished product, she said, this is amazing. I said, you just trust me. So both, both buildings, I had to go through that. So like I said, it was a little rough in the beginning. And then she actually told me, she's like, yeah, I apologize for giving you a hard time and yelling at the contract. Like it was sometimes the contract was calling me and said, yo, your mom said, don't paint. I'm like, <laughs> Like, yo, who's sending you the money? Like, just like, uh, no, don't. She said, don't pay this. And I don't want to, she, she's like, my mom's stern. So she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, go against her. So that's how that, it was just a little, it was a little rough in the beginning. And then, um, and then it was the second, which was re- not too long ago, but we worked it out. The second building, my mom is a pastor too. So she wanted to make the second building just church. And I was like, mom, you leaving a lot of money on the table by just, you know, doing church. Because my mom, she works a job. So she was only doing church on Mondays. I said, mm-hmm. you leaving a lot of money on the table by saying nobody can come here. It's just for me on Mondays. And we was going back and forth about that a lot. Because I'm like, yo, you really, even though, like, I'm not taking no money. It's just like, you got a big opportunity here. Like, why? Like, so um, we, in the last, this happened. 60 days ago, 45 days ago. So in the last month, she finally opened up to like, okay, well, look, this is my day. And then we could run it out the rest of the day. So now we book, we have booked a couple of events. Somebody actually about to uh, send a cash app. I just talked to them before I told you, they're going to send a deposit in like an hour. I got, I'll text her to see if they send it or not. But 
Um, now we getting that rolling there. Thank God, because I was like, you leaving a lot for one day. So, we- so right now y'all have two spots. Yeah, we have. I know two you spots. got the one on Godfrey and, and like the you know. It's both. They're both in the same block. Oh, both on the same block. Okay, so you got two spots in the same block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, okay, gets, I like it because it gets me when people go see it. They got options like you either got this side or this side. This one is booked, but this one is open, or vice versa. Got you, got so you. One has like a uh, one has like a more elegant look, and one is just like white wall space, you know. And then one mm-hmm. has like a more elegant type. We got colors and stuff going on, so um. It, so it, in that scenario, when you put those plays together in the rehab, is that something that like you know um that's something that you're responsible for, or or the actual owner of the building chips in with as well? Um. So the actual owner of the building, what we agreed on, um. He do the the plumbing was messed up there, so he agreed to do the plumbing, and then he did new electrical. But besides that, the place was messed up. I mean, messed up. It was so messed up. I worked out a deal. I said, "Well, I won't pay you for the first two months because it needed that much." And we it was messed up, messed yeah, up. Yeah, we had to redo the entire thing, and he did the plumbing and electric. Um, and then the, the heat was already working, so but we put air in there, but we and we did everything else. So what's the uh, long-term vision for, like, Washington events? Is it just those two spaces? Are you trying to get more spaces? What's the uh, long-term plan with that? So uh, the long-term plan with that is to turn into wedding venues, like a wedding hall where we can fit, like, a lot of people. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the Waterfall. It's in Delaware. It's, like, a, it's, it's like one of the best – it's, like, one of the top ten wedding venues out there. Um, it's expensive, but it's nice. That's, like, the long-term vision where we can fit, you know – three weddings at two weddings at one time. And it's like 200 in this room, 200 in that room. And that's like the long term. I think that's like the, the end goal, like being able to have weddings. And, and when I, when I looked at the numbers, I'm like, Oh shoot, there's two weddings. Both weddings are 30 grand. I'm like, then they did 60 grand in one day. That's this <laughs> we got next weekend and next weekend after that. And then people having little small quinceaneras and stuff during the week. And I'm like, dang, this is, but that's, that's my mom. That's like I said, Rewind, and that's my mom. Real goal. This is just, hey, mom. This is stepping stool. Yeah, building to get there. Yeah, yeah. Money, like you know, she was just trying to skip all these steps. I'm like, yo, these are stepping stools. But you know what though, it's 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 a gem in that as well because um even when it comes to the real estate game, people want to buy like big hotels and apartments. When throughout this process of doing the spaces you're doing now, not just to build up to it financially, but you're going to learn so many lessons along the way that when you get that bigger venue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be worth it to grow to that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So I, you got a lot of plays you put together, man. You you really are practicing this multiple streams of income thing, which I think is dope. And another thing dope about it is they're all within the real estate space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then we got another one open up. This is not with my mom, but this with with Reek. We bought a building. Um, it's three stories. There's going to be apartments upstairs. There's going to be event space on the first floor. So we working on that. That's going to be done like nah, like March. Um, we rehabbing that. We had, had a little issue with the um, with the city, but it actually is getting squared up this week. So thank God that took back like three weeks right there. Um, but that's gonna be another one. But I really, I was talking to um, one of my mentors, and I was actually telling him one day. I said, I'm thinking about jumping in the cars. My my one of my friends, <laughs> ran, I said, one of my friends ran down to play of you know, with going to get a dealer's license and getting the cars. I was like, but that was my first passion when I was a kid. I wanted to be a car designer. That okay. Was my first ever passion. So I was like, and this is my way to get back to what I was not really like. Um, my favorite car is a 67 Shelby Mustang. I don't even saw going to 67. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to get back in that. And then he told me, he said, look, there's so much money in real estate. Don't stop what you're doing to jump into something else. 
So I took that as, you know what, you're right. So now I want to be like a one-stop shop real estate. You need co-working space, space, hotels, you know, rentals to rent a house, sell a house, um, Airbnb. I want to, I'm here. You need a, you need help. Uh, somebody to represent you to buy a house, somebody to represent you to sell a house. You trying to get rid of a cheap house. Whole, like I want to be that whole, yeah. that whole space a one-stop shop. And, and listen, man, you could do it, man. Um, one of the wealthiest guys I met, um, was an old Jewish guy. Um, he actually owned the land that some of those car lots down Essington Avenue was on. He actually owned the land. So he had nothing to do with any of the actual dealerships, but just owning the land. And what that taught me was like, you know, owning, literally just owning land will always have value. And another thing you said, which is important, another mentor I had, um, Virginia Messer, who owns Messer Realty. I'm pretty sure people in Philadelphia have seen the Messer Realty sign, especially uptown. Um, She was the first, like, actually the second broker I ever worked for when I got my license back in the day. And she was like the play you're talking about. She had put that together back then when she had a very successful property management business that was bringing in, she was making most people's like um, income just in property management. Like she had a business where her husband was an appraiser. Her son was a real estate attorney. They had the brokerage, they had their investment property. So it was so many streams of income, but they all were were within real estate. Um, And another thing that I tell people all the time about real estate, which is why real estate is so powerful is there's people that make money all kinds of ways strictly through real estate right yeah. and what i mean by that is like um and i've, I've told a story in the podcast before so I, I spoke in australia earlier this year and, oh, blew, that's dope. That's and blew, dope. but what blew me away about it is at this conference there was people from like to do real estate all over the world and i met people that own like one guy was flipping farmland like something i never even thought about doing i met one dude one dude who gets like millions of dollars in income off of REITs and he doesn't have any tangible buildings, but he owns equity in all these properties through REITs. And it's get, so there's like, there's literally tons of ways to make money. In, I've met appraisers who do so many appraisals, like, and they're charging $500 a piece. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and they're doing a hundred a week. Like, and they're making tons of money. They're millionaires through appraisal. Yeah, like, I had a nice conversation with an appraiser on this, um, on this deal I'm doing. Um, last week, and he was just breaking it whole down to me because he was like, "I buy houses too." So when he said that, I was like, "Oh, you do a little bit more than that." He was just breaking down the whole game. I, was like, I didn't even think about appraisals. Like That's that. what I'm saying. There's so much money in real estate from all different angles. Whether we talk about appraisers, property managers, exactly. people that's flipping, people that's buying and holding. So um, you know, because real estate itself is is a big sector of our overall economy. So it's always going to be here. It's going to have its ups and downs, but it's always going to be money in real estate. Even in the down market, there's money in real estate, man. So, you know, but, um, man, I just want to, first of all, I just want to thank you for your time again, man. I just want to say congratulations on all your success. I'm glad you found your passion, man. And continue to share your information and your time with other people, man, because, right, what you guys are doing, and it's going to sound crazy when I say this, but you guys are doing something that's revolutionary. So we have a lot of people that go online and they talk about, like, saving the world and saving the community, but that's all they do is sit online all day. They don't physically do anything other than talk about what our problems are, but have no solutions. And you guys are helping. When you help somebody put food on a table, like, you know, as I say, put food on their family to, to mix them together. <laughs> when you help somebody put food on their family, like literally eat, you, are, that's, that's literally revolutionary because you're really helping somebody. So with you and Tom and Salute to Tom, um, I know Tom going to be watching this, so Salute to Tom. But uh, what you guys are doing with that play is amazing. And also, like, keep up the, uh, the, the work with your mom. I think that's inspiring, too. 
Oh, thank, um, the people thank. out there who are watching that too, like, you know, get in the business with your family because that's a family business. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Like, and it's a couple friends that, you know, we starting slowly and there's a couple friends we ain't starting on yet. Um, but I just want to make sure everybody, like, you know, I started with, uh, granted, you can't go into business with everybody you started with, but at least they got something. Even if it's not with me directly, it's something that they can, you know, have. But I always tell people, um, all the time. I'm not saying quit your job. I never condone quit your job. Like, you know, some people quit your job. Jumping I know, in. I know. I don't do that either. Yeah. If, if everybody quit their job, who's going to heal me? Who's going to be a doctor to heal me? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, only, I only agree with that. And it, it's funny because um, what, what got me off that was um, another Kiyosaki book called Cashflow Quadrant. I seen that. I want to get that. Yeah. And he breaks down about the quadrants. And what really affected me in reading that book is he was talking about how some people like, you know, can be an employee and make so much money that they're making way more money, even passively than someone who's self-employed or has yeah. their own business. So it's about being strategic. You know what I mean? Like if you want to, cause bottom line is everybody don't want their own business too. Like yeah. life is about being yeah, happy. Yes. Yeah. Seem like it's a bad thing. And I was like, yo, that's not cool for you to, they don't, they don't play them wanting to go to work because you, you can make your own schedule. Like, that's what they want to do. Let them Everything be- ain't for everybody, man. Everything yeah. ain't for everybody, man. What got me was I was watching, um, I was listening to this podcast called Bigger Pockets, and the dude said his passion was being an art teacher. He liked teaching art. He's like, that's not enough money for me. And this is what I was telling my friends. I'm not saying quit your job, but what the art teacher said, he said, look, well, what me and my wife did, we bought a bunch of properties and rent them out as rentals. So now I don't worry about bills and I can go and be an art teacher in peace because I know that money that I'm getting isn't enough. But now I got rentals that's paying for something else so I can do my passion peacefully. That's what I always tell people. Like, I'm not saying quit your job, but get some other things going on so you can go to your job happy and like. Listen, uh, man, I'm going to tell a quick story. So I, I do um, analyst work too of real estate, which is looking at big data and value on properties. I was doing this, I was doing this, um, this job one time looking at all these properties. It was in Chestnut Hill part of the city and I found I came across this property you can't even see it from like like if you go to Google Maps it's like nothing but trees there this is huge I'm talking about like 50,000 square feet in the city and I'm like oh, who lives there whatever so I start doing research trying to figure out who, who owns this property like you can't find a comp for it it's impossible right. um, but to make a long story short he was like the grandson of like the founder of Johnson and Johnson or whatever yeah you know he's from Philly yes so but here's the thing this dude is an artist, right? And I'm sitting there like, yo, how are you living? This? But bottom line, the, the, the gist of this story is his grandparents like put in work. So now he can follow his passion and do whatever he wants to do because someone in his family line put the work in that he can live off of the rest of his life. So now instead of him having to get up and do something, um, and that's the idea of building family businesses where, you know what I mean? You have to think generationally and most people don't think generationally. They're so selfish. All they think about is themselves. Exactly. But you know what I mean? And, and another thing um, that Brother Malik said when he was on here, he said, don't take a lot of money. And what he meant by that is we always think in terms of I want to have a billion or a million dollars. But imagine someone you know, who came before you put in work where you make $10,000 a month before you like, have to do anything. Mm-hmm. That could change your life. Yeah, that could change your life. You know what I mean? But it, that, that's not having $100 million, But the fact if someone could leave something where you can have 10000 you can wake up and have $10,000 a month, you could do whatever you want to do at that point. Yeah, that's it. Me and Rick was having a conversation one time, and somebody, was, I forgot how, how I started up, but somebody was making like $2,500 a month. And I'm like, how the heck they making moves off of that? Like, how the heck they surviving? And then, and he was like, yo, before I got into real estate, when I was down in Virginia, 
I was making twenty five hundred a month, and he said, "When you was working your job, how much you?" I was like, "Dang, I was." So I like, <laughs> but you get caught up in the wind of things. You like, how the heck? But then at one point, you were at that point, and then you forget. You know, um, granted, whoever listen, I'm not sitting on twenty million dollars. Yeah, yeah. But and then and then so when you say when somebody get ten grand a month, that's really you could do a lot of stuff with that. But that's what I'm saying. So that's that's the that's the idea of getting out there and getting it right. So because right. when you get in real estate, you realize it's not difficult to set up a couple of plays and make five thousand, ten thousand a month. And when you do right. that, uh, imagine leaving that stream for the next generation where they're starting with that. See, the idea is to have the next generation start from where you finish. Don't have them start where you started. Life changing. I want to ask you something. Um, this is something I heard on a podcast. It's called um, my favorite podcast. I don't know if you heard it called the One Thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I listen to it every morning. I'm um, familiar with it. But he said something. He said, what I did was I bought two houses. He said, and I gave them to my daughter. One house is she can either, both things she can do whatever she want with it. But the first house was she can either sell it to start her business or she can sell it to pay for her college tuition. And he said the second house is she can sell it to, she can either move in it and don't have to worry about rent or room and board, or she can sell it to go ahead and buy the place she want to live in or have rent for the um, rent money for the condo she want to live, whatever she want to do. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's what I'm leaving her. And I thought that was dope. I'm like, dang. So he's basically giving her two houses. I say they both sold for 150 or 200, whatever area he was in the, in United yeah. States. But that's like really dope. And that, that, that's in the back of my mind every day. Like I want to make sure I leave, you know, I don't have any kids yet, but when I do, like I'm leaving them too proud. Look, this is your, this is what I'm giving you. You choose what you want to do with that. And you know, Grant, I'll be able to advise like, whoa, hold on. Yeah, but that's the idea. The idea is you're already thinking generationally. And that, yeah. and that's what we have to do as people. We need to start thinking more generationally because, you know, and, and build upon that, right? So you build upon that. So what you could do is you can leave them those two, but tell them how to build upon that. You know what I mean? Because you set up all these plays within the real estate game. You, you, right now, you got multiple streams set up within real estate. Um, so, yeah, man, this has been an excellent episode, man. Um, Thank you. For anybody out there listening, right, and they watching this and listening to this, and they say, man, I want to get started, what would you advise the first thing they should do? Um, the first thing you should do is you want to get in real estate or just business in general? Uh, give me both. If, you, if, it's, if it's just real estate, what's the first thing you think you should do over it's business? If it's... Uh, the first thing, the first thing you should do in um, in real estate is go to credit, check total, and check your credit. That's the first thing you should do. See what's going on with your credit because if you don't have money, credit can help with that. You know that is that opens up so many different doors. So check your credit, figure out what's going on with that, and build on top of that. However you need to build it. And second, start saving money um, as much as you can. And then third is find a mentor. Find a mint, like um, I I stress this enough because I, I'm I've been in I've been in business entrepreneurship real estate for two and a half years now and the reason I got like I'm not at the top yet but from a lot of people I started with you know I try not to compare but a lot of people just say like yo we started together like I only did this and you did that and I'm like you know I like to really stay humble but. The reason why, you know, it moves so fast is because of the cheat code of mentorship. I found mentors before I even got started, you know, and that helped. And then in business, pretty much the same thing. Check your credit and for uh for business, basically whatever you wanna buy, whatever you wanna your product, your services, don't worry about making the money first. 
Just try to get yourself in front of as many people. Um, try to just try to market however you want to market, and 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 then just just try to put yourself out there, and then and be and have value with it because the money people gonna start calling you for your stuff after a while. Um, I my mentor told me he said if I can go back in time, I would have dumped all my money in marketing and just try to put myself in front of people. Because after a while, the people see you so many times, and you're actually a good person every time they see you. They're going to start calling you like, hey, I want to buy whatever product or service you have. So that's the business aspect of it. All right. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope right there, man. Mentorship is, is the key to you. So that's the cheat code. That's it. This is, if you want to streamline something, find somebody that's, if you don't got a lot of money right now, but if you got like a hundred bucks in your name, $50 in your name, find a mentor on Instagram or word of mouth, however you want to do it and say, hey, can I take you out to lunch? You know, um, I don't want anything. I just really, you, you inspire me from, you know, from the point I can see, I just want to take you out to lunch and then just build and just be a genuine person. Don't go there asking, what's this, what's this, what's this, but just build a genuine relationship and then everything else is going to flow after that. Yeah, man, that's amazing advice. And, and, and it's been consistent throughout this episode. I think it's what I'm going to call this episode. Mentorship is a cheat code. I like that phrase. Um, it, it, it is. You don't even understand. Yeah, that, that's fire. I would not be here right now. I like that quote. That's that's dope, man. But listen, man. Um, again, congratulations on all your success. Thank Make you, sure you keep you. it up, man. And um, you know, I wish you much more success, good brother. Um, for the people out there uh, who are listening, make sure you share this episode with everybody. Um, share the video, share the audio. Um, and give us some feedback. Let us know how you feel about it. If there's anybody out there that we haven't really talked to yet, because we have a, a a bunch of people who or trying to come on the show and people we already have lined up. But if there's anybody that you think we should reach out to, uh, let us know. And that's all across the country. We'll get them on. Um, but the idea, again, is to share these stories about people out there doing positive work. Like I said, this brother Derek is doing amazing work. Um, before we get you out of here, what, how could we, what's your handle on IG that people can um, follow what you're doing? Um, D as Boone. So D as in Derek, S as in Sam, and then boom, B-O-O-N-E. All right. And we'll make sure we put that in the description box. Follow everything that he's doing on Aji. Follow his story as he builds his business. Um, and, you know, um, and I see you do a lot of traveling too, good brother. Yeah, that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just told somebody yesterday, I got like three pairs of sneakers. Uh, Reed just told me, he said, man, you ain't buying no new sneakers, but bubble popped on my Air Maxes. <laughs> man, you ain't buying no new sneakers yet. I said, nah, man, I, I'd rather just. You know, when you travel somewhere else, they don't care what you look like. This is, absolutely this, is true. this is absolutely true. And I know I keep signing off, but last thing, before we get out of here, I got to ask you this question because you are someone to travel. I like to travel myself. Um, right, right. Uh, how do you think traveling has changed you, like, um, even from personally, but also how, how does it make you see business? Um, traveling helped me, I'd say, like, three ways. Traveling helped me with my self-confidence because now – I can, like I said, I can go places and people just really genuine and they don't care what you look like, how much money you got that. So now I can come back to Philly and I can walk around, like I said, in sneakers with the whole pop and, or like the same clothes for like two, three days. Yeah, I could buy new clothes, but I don't care anymore because I know somewhere else, they don't even care about that. It's only you, not you, but people in Philly with the, the small mind, like, why don't you got the newest this, that, and that. So that helped with that. And two, um, just seeing different cultures and understanding how they maneuver and different different vibes and different things and how they sell stuff, how they buy stuff, um, the, 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 the structure of buildings. It just changes your mind and have you thinking outside of the box and you bring that back to your business like, yo, I seen this crazy, you know, structure. I'm going to bring that back to how I'm going to do that. Like the next space we do, 
Um, with Reek, I was telling you the the inside is gonna be different. It's gonna look like Spain or something. Okay, that's yeah. dope, man. So it has it does has help, man. I just wanted to bring that up, man. But yeah, man, listen, man. Everybody, out there, make sure you share this. Um, again, congratulations, man, and um, thanks for all the jewels that you dropped in our audience. As we always say, it's not about how much money you make; it's about how much you keep. Game yeah. elevates, man, and we'll talk to you guys later. Peace.